I'm your host, Dr. Jennifer Levin. I'm a grief therapist and the founder of From Grief to Growth, the host of the podcast Untethered, Healing the Pain from a Sudden Death, and I'm the creator and author of the Growing After Traumatic Loss course. I provide support, guidance, and teachings to help you with the aftermath of chaos, trauma, and grief. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Untethered, Healing the Pain from a Sudden Death. I'm Dr. Jennifer Levin, and I specialize in traumatic death and helping individuals through the struggles, pain, trauma, and chaos of an unexpected death. In today's podcast, I'm going to interview a mother whose son died suddenly in a car accident. Dolores Cruz is a retired elementary school teacher and the author of Look Around, A Mother's Journey from Grief and Despair to Healing and Hope. Her book talks about her spiritual journey after the sudden death of her 24-year-old son, Eric, which brought her to a whole new understanding of the questions we all ask ourselves about the meaning of life. She continues to honor Eric by volunteering as an affiliate leader and caring listener with the International Support Organization for Parents of Children Who Have Passed Away, Helping Parents Heal. The Cruz family has also provided a music scholarship in Eric's name at Neighborhood Music School in Los Angeles. So I'm here with Dolores, and Dolores, why don't you start off and tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. Um, Well, I'm a retired teacher. I taught elementary school for 31 years, and um, I also uh, am now a writer. Somehow, this is an interesting thing that uh, came along. I I have authored one book, and um, I do have a blog as well, and I teach tap dance on Saturdays. So (laughs) that's that's what's going on now. Um, I'm married uh, to my husband, Joey. And we have uh, four children. Um, my youngest son is no longer here in the physical, and he was uh, in a car accident and passed away five and a half years ago. Um, so we are doing what we can, still continuing to do, to live our lives the best we can. Okay. And you have three other children? I have three other children. Yes. Um, my oldest is uh, Nick. He's 36, almost 37, and he's a, a nurse at uh, Long Beach Memorial Hospital, um, and uh, he's married to his partner, Austin, and my daughter, Jessica, uh, has uh, uh, her own business. She has a hair salon. She does amazing work, and my youngest daughter, Vanessa, is actually in her third year of, of a four-year program for doctor of audiology. Oh, wow. So, yeah, she, um, so we've, um, yeah, there's a lot going on. Yeah, we're all pretty busy. And Joey's working um, still. He hopes to retire in the next year or two. Um, he is a manager of exposition conventions and expositions, trade shows. Very busy family. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about what actually happened to Eric. So, um, you know, Eric and Vanessa were still living at home. He was 24, and so Vanessa was 25. And 
our two older kids were living on their own, not far, they were close by, but they were on their own. And uh, it so happened that my husband, Joey, was away on business, which he does, you know, a few times a year. So um, he, uh, Eric had just gotten uh, a new job that he was very excited about because it was a quote, real job, you know, that he'd make some real money. Uh, he's, um, uh, he was also a musician, drummer, did that uh, on the side, very, very talented. Um, and that was, you know, one of my favorite things was to, to go see that band play and to hear him play his drums. But anyway, he, uh, this was literally the second week of this job. And it was a Thursday and he told me that um, he was going to just kind of hang out with some friends. He loved getting to know, you know, people and he wanted to get to know his new coworkers. So he wouldn't be home right away, you know, after work, which was fine. And so um, by that evening, I was texting. I thought it was a little late. He's really responsible person. And it wasn't, didn't seem right that he would not have come home by then because he had to get up early for work. It really seemed a little out of character. But um, when I texted him, he just said, yeah, he'll just be home later. Uh, I said, okay, you know, there's some dinner in the refrigerator or whatever, you can warm it up. And so I went ahead and I did go to bed because, um, you know, I was used to doing that. I wasn't the type really that waited up till all hours. I just knew, you know, I've done this before, you know, he'd be home. Well, I got up the next morning to go to work. So I got up about 5.30. And I, first thing I did was look in his room and he wasn't there. And um, I texted him. I looked. I didn't have another text other than one he had sent at about 11 p.m. that just said, thanks, in response to, I'm leaving dinner for you. He said, thanks. And he said, love. And so those are the last two words he said to me, thanks and love. And of course, I, I was beginning to panic a little bit. And I opened my daughter's room, Vanessa, and said, have you heard from Eric? And immediately in that moment, there was a very loud pounding at the door, kind of a couple of knocks, but very, very loud. And I knew, some. I just knew what that was. I had heard about getting a knock at the door. So I ran down, Vanessa ran down, we opened the door, just kind of in shock. And you know, not wanting to know, but needing to know. And there was two people there, a woman and a man, and the woman introduced herself as a coroner. And the man was the deputy. And she asked if Eric lived here. And I said, yes. And she said that he has passed away in a car accident. And it was you know, indescribable. I mean, people who've been there know that horrible feeling, something that is the worst thing that could happen, something that parents, I'm sure, secretly dread and try not to think about, because I never, I tried not to think about it before it happened, but, you know, Vanessa and I were just doubled over in, in just grief and, and pain, and, and she was crying that it wasn't true, and um, I asked to see him, and that's when she gave me even worse news to say that during the accident, his car had had hit a wall, it had rolled, and it had burst into flames, so I couldn't see him. And, um, it, you know, so then again, that was just like another punch to what had already happened, and 
I, I didn't know what to do. And I even asked her, what do I do? And she said, call people. And hmm. uh, she was, she was nice. Um, but that, you know, that was it. And I closed the door and it's it really, what do I, even that, I mean, Vanessa and I literally, I think for about an hour just cried because we couldn't do anything. And then we did start calling. Um, we had to call my, I had to call my husband and tell him that our son had died. And, um, and of course, call my daughter and son and call Eric's girlfriend and his friends. And it was, it was, and my sister, you know, of family members. And, and um, it was terrible. It was very terrible. Absolutely. Probably the worst day of your life. Mm, uh, yes, definitely. What are some of the things that you remember most about these or those initial parts of that sudden loss? I felt, first of all, physically, I right away had pain. I don't know how to describe it, like as if there was a huge rock or boulder on my chest and in my stomach. And that actually, well, that lasted about six weeks. I just remember that pain. It was constant. I was not able to eat. Uh, you know, I, I tried. People, of course, said, you know, you got to eat something. And, you know, I, I tried, but uh, very little. Um, I felt like I was in a dark a hole, an abyss. I felt like any light in my life had just been immediately extinguished. Um, and I just didn't know, you know, I, I didn't want to go anywhere. I just wanted to be home. I could not, I didn't go to work for two weeks, believe it or not. I eat, I did go to work after two weeks, but I couldn't do anything. And as my husband and mainly my husband and friends, not so much my other kids, but as my husband and friends were uh, started to plan his services, I just couldn't do it. I couldn't participate in that. I, Thankfully, my husband is good at, you know, planning stuff like that. So he just took over. He went on automatic, you know, and despite his huge grief and and he took over. So, um, yeah, that, those are the, the main things I, I remember at the beginning. How um, how has your grief or what do you remember about your grief changing and evolving over time? Well, let's see. One thing that comes to mind first is that, um, and you know, part of the initial, and I've heard other people mention this, but it, it, I could not look at his pictures for the first, it was only for about a month or five weeks or something like that. And at the service, someone, one of his friends put together a, a beautiful video of just clips of Eric, could not look at it. It, it was just too painful. I couldn't listen to music because Eric, music represented Eric. And I, it was too painful to hear any music, especially if I knew it was a band he liked. <laughs> um, but after, I don't know, at some point, five or six weeks, I really couldn't tell you why, but I started to be able to look at all of that, the pictures. I started to be able to listen to the music and eventually 
maybe even within just a few months, I actually started to enjoy that because then it, it actually began to feel like I was closer to Eric when I looked at those pictures or listened to that music uh, to this day to listen to music. I actually feel very close to Eric. Um, and I saw that video that his friend put together and now I love it. I love looking through it and just just remembering you know, how he was and and just kind of feeling him close to me in a way. Yeah. So you've given me permission to uh, share that we've had a history together and we've worked together in the past. Mm -hmm. And I know that you have experienced some expected or anticipated loss in your life. And then with Eric's death, you had this unexpected sudden loss. What sets Eric's death and this sudden death um, apart for you? How was this unexpected death different from other losses or deaths that you've had in your life previously? Well, I, I would like to mention the two, the past losses I've had and then how that relates or compares, I guess, to uh, with Eric. I did lose my brother when I was 20. My older brother was 26 and he was also a musician. We did know since he was born you know, about his um, heart defect that was going to shorten his life. So it was expected, you know, of course we didn't know exactly when. Mm -hmm. It didn't, it was very, very hard. But even, I mean, I guess in a way it was that there was a little time to prepare. Not that it's ever a preparation for when that moment comes, but mm -hmm. there was this kind of a, just knowing that it was going to happen. And um, so there was that. And then with my own parents, you know, they were, they were both ill for a year or so um, be before they, they passed away. And, and I had time to be with them and it was sweet. And I, could appreciate, you know, their whole lives and all they'd done. But then to me, that's also a difference is with Eric, it just didn't seem natural for this young man who was handsome and compassionate and kind and gave so much to the world and people loved him. And it didn't make sense. And it didn't make, it seemed unnatural that he would not be here anymore. It, it um, you will do as painful as it is or can be, you do expect your parents to die. You don't expect your child to. Um, so that I would say is the main thing for me. The mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Looking back or even now, what were or are some of your biggest struggles, your hardest moments? Well, it has, um, it took me a while to want to do anything. Uh, it took quite a few months. I didn't, all I wanted to do, <laughs> which I did, I have this beautiful tree in my front yard. It's, it's a huge pine tree. And all I really wanted to do was lay down under it and look, mm -hmm. look through the branches and look at the sky. Um, I, I didn't want to have to do anything and I, think now in retrospect that maybe I, I was just making time for my grief, which um, I now see the importance of that. Um, 
But I would say also, well, there were a couple of things that were really hard to do. And I had to go do things like uh, uh, terminate his um, gym membership. Mm -hmm. I had to go call insurance companies to tell them that he was no longer on my insurance plan. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, And for whatever reason, I think one of the, and it was hard. And I just kind of, you know, grit my teeth and did what I had to do. But boy, when I went to close out his bank account and I had his first paycheck in my hand wow. that had been sent because he had just started that job, a paycheck that he never got to see, that was a big one that he wanted to see. Mm-hmm. It just killed me. And mm-hmm. I just really cried after that because it was like he was little by little not existing in the world anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, it was more finite, even though I know he didn't, you know, he wasn't here. Right. It was just, you know, having to put all that stuff to an end, stuff that he worked on, stuff that was important to him. Um, yeah. And and one more thing is that I feel, and sometimes it's kind of called a secondary loss, I guess, but I miss that music so much. Mm-hmm. I miss seeing his band play, watching him. He would always, you know, look over at me and, you know, give me an extra smile or, or whatever, I miss that he would, hearing him practice those drums in, in, you know, in our family room, like every single day, you know, mm-hmm. just, I just wish I could hear that again. Yeah. That's been hard. Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about your process or your journey towards healing. Um, I will always remember you as probably the biggest student of grief. <laughs> If I can say so, you wanted to read everything that you could get your hands on. Absolutely everything you wanted to read, you wanted to study, you wanted to know, you wanted to absorb. And maybe I'm even answering your question. (laughs) But what helped you most in your grief? Well, you're absolutely right. And believe me, to this day, I'm still reading a, a lot. I, I've given so much money to Amazon. <laughs> All the books that I've ordered. And, um, yes, uh, to answer that part of it, and then there's more. Um, I, I needed to understand this thing called grief, but also life and death and afterlife and w- w- everything that involved I was trying to understand. I don't know if it's possible to ever completely understand, but I was, I needed to know if I could, what happened, uh, why, how, what could I do? How does this work? How does it go? So yes, you're right. I, I, I read, I listened to people speak. Um, but of course the other thing I did that, you know, the first thing I did was find you. I think uh, I came to you within two weeks of his accident and I had had therapy in the past I always felt it was quite very helpful Um, so I felt it was kind of a godsend to find you because uh, this was also your the area um, of expertise you know in uh, not just regular therapy which of course you can do but grief you know a grief specialist and I just felt very very 
much in good hands and led to, through this journey. Um, and then the other thing, of course, that has helped so much is support groups because mm. I needed, and I, and in two online support groups, I mean, they're online, but they're great. And one is in, is general to grief and the other one is specifically for parents. And it's so important. It has been so important to me to talk to other people about their child, their journey, uh, what's helped them, you know, uh, help each other through our difficult times, but also share any, any good times. And that's made a huge difference. So mm-hmm. all of those. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What about writing and journaling? Mm-hmm. Yeah, surprisingly. Um, well, that has been very healing for me. And I know, I do remember that you suggested, uh, and I don't remember if if I got the journal because you suggested or I already had it or what, but I did start a journal just uh, to write, just whatever, you know, write whatever I'm feeling, How use it however I needed to. And I used it in many ways. Um, sometimes in that journal, poetry came out, which is something I have done in, uh, in earlier parts of my life as well. And it's a way I express is through poetry, but just also through prose and writing. And I have now five journals that um, I have a little project right now. I'm going through them all. It's been really interesting and pulling out all the poetry and uh, we'll see what I do with that. I think I have some plans for that. But um, I, it, I did write a book. It, it was interesting also because uh, you and even somebody else had kind of put it into my head. You know, maybe you could write a book. And so finally I started saying to myself, maybe I can write a book. <laughs> and one day, interestingly, when I was driving to work before the, sh- oh, this was actually the fall before the shutdown. It was, it was strange. I was, it was a 15 minute drive. And all of a sudden in that 15 minutes, everything kind of fell into place as to what my book was going to be like, hmm. how, how it was going to start, what chapters I would have, you know, so I got to work and I wrote it all down, but then I didn't do anything with it until the shutdown. And then I said, okay, I think it's time. And I sat down every day for it, anywhere from maybe depending on what was, you know, of course there wasn't a lot going on, but might've been as short as 30 minutes, maybe up to two hours a day, um, just pouring out my story. I needed to, first of all, write about Eric. I needed to go over everything about him, how much he meant to me, how wonderful he was, how much other people loved him. And then I needed to tell the story of what happened and um, all how my family members, you know, all of us, you know, how we were affected and what we did and all the, the pain and all the love that was all around, um, with, uh, all his friends as well and, and other relatives. And then the last part of the book um, talks a lot about the kind of connection I still feel uh, with him. Um, so it was very, very therapeutic for me to get all that out. And once it was done, it wasn't, I looked, I looked at it and said, well, that wasn't really so hard. <laughs> I mean, as far as there was, I didn't have to sit there and think, what am I going to write? I knew exactly what to write. It was there. I just had to put it down. Well, why don't you tell us the name of your book? Oh, okay. So the name of my book is Look Around. 
A Mother's Journey from Grief and Despair to Healing and Hope. And um, yeah, it's uh, it's just, it's there, it's on Amazon. And um, I'm very proud of it. My husband and my family are very proud of it too. But the most important thing to me is that I'm happy that when people read it, that they will know about Eric. And I hope it will give them some hope and help maybe them to heal if if they've had this a loss, a traumatic loss, or just a great loss in their life. Well, I had a chance to read it, and it was just a beautiful tribute to your son. Tell us a little bit more about um, the connection, because you've worked very hard at remaining connected to Eric um, after his death. Yes. Uh, A lot of, well, I found myself right away, even though I hadn't even thought about it before, I just started talking to him. I couldn't not. I did believe, I always had believed, you know, that he, you know, life continues after death. So I knew he was there somewhere and I was pretty sure he could hear me. (laughs) So I, to this day, do not hesitate. If I see something here, here's a certain music or anything to just say, Hey, Eric, you know, what do you think of that? Or, you know, but in the beginning, of course, it was just telling him, I love you. Where are you? I want to hug you. I just expressed everything I needed to express to him. And um, that just felt, it just felt right. It felt, it was very organic. Um, And then, as I mentioned before, but once I was able to listen to music again, I just feel like he's right there. And again, I can't help talk to him. Sometimes when I'm listening, I'll be in the car. A long car uh, drive in the car, I actually enjoy because I'll put on music and I'll kind of talk with Eric while while I'm driving. Um, It'll be possibly music that he and his band wrote um, so that I'm hearing his drums, which I love. It's also, as I mentioned before, bands that he he enjoyed. So, of course, now I enjoy them, too, because there's a connection there, because that he loved those bands or enjoyed them, and so do I. So, yeah, for sure that way. But, um, you know, we've, we've had dreams, uh, all of my family, uh, my kids, my other kids, my husband's had a couple, <laughs> but I have two. You know, and there's all, people talk about, you know, is that a real or not? And honestly, um, there's just something it's inexplainable unless you've had that experience mm-hmm. where you might have a dream of whoever, one of your loved ones that has uh, passed away. And you wake up and you say, God, that was just so real. You know, and I could feel him or I could touch him or I could hear him or smell him or whatever. And um, honestly, I, I don't hesitate to disbelieve it. Uh, Mm -hmm. that's just me. I know some people will doubt it and that's fine, but I take that as a, another kind of a connection. Um, yeah. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. And little signs too. I mean, you know, there's people talk about that too, but you know, just, Ooh, that bird or that butterfly or, you know, Oh, that license plate. Wow. You know, it said, Okay, I have to tell you one thing 
this one license plate? Sure. Honestly, it said ERC, that's his initials. Uh-huh. Then it said LV, love. Um, uh, let me get these right. E- no, I'm sorry. Take it back. It's EC. I had okay. to EC, LV. Uh-huh. Oh. And it was like, whoa, okay, I, I'll take that. <laughs> Absolutely. So you have um, quite a bit, a nice sized family, three other kids and yeah. your husband. How did grief impact your family? You know, I was so worried in the beginning right away. I was afraid that my family would be destroyed by this. Um, I had no idea what was going to happen if we would just fall apart. But beautifully, we came closer together. Hmm. Uh, we did come see you uh, as a family, I think two or three times maybe it was, especially closer to the holidays. And mm-hmm. that was very helpful. Um, and what we, we share our pain. We share what we feel is a connection with Eric. We share stories about him and we laugh. Mm-hmm. We were never we never were afraid to just have a moment of, of laughter or, or joy in, in the memory. And um, to this day, he we have a text thread that you know almost every day someone has to say something about whatever and it's always you know to the five of us. Uh, and oh and sometimes it's well, you wouldn't believe, you know, I had this dream and this is what happened and Eric was there. And, you know, so we just, he's still with us. He's still part of our family. Um, and we just include him, you know, of course, on birthday, his birthday or anniversary, we'll do uh, special things to honor him. But um, just, just we'll gather in a different way. We've had different things that we've done, but, you know, we're not, we're not going to forget him. You know, that's not possible. And uh, we enjoy the memory and talking about him. I can tell he's still very much present in mm-hmm. your family. Yeah. Now, as part of your healing process, you've helped others with mm-hmm. their healing. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yes. I, I um, As I mentioned before, there, specifically with there's a support group um, that uh, is is for parents you know whose child has passed away and after uh, maybe two, I don't know it might have been at the two-year mark or so oh actually what it was was it's it's online there's a Facebook group we go online we share and all of that but I noticed that people were talking about their in-person meetings that were local mm-hmm. and so I'm looking up do we have a local chapter and there wasn't for mm-hmm. Los Angeles where I am so I mentioned it to the uh, head administrator, um, who I know pretty well. Mm-hmm. So, well, why don't you start one? <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, that wasn't what I was saying. That's not what I meant. But, but of course, the seed was planted. And after whatever, like six months, I don't know, uh, I, I did tell her, well, okay, what would that take <laughs> to do something like that? She told me there were two other moms nearby uh, in, in L.A., who were also interested, so why don't I contact them? So after we got together, we started a local chapter, um, and we started 
that January of 2020, we had a once a month meeting, two in person, and then we were all shut down. So we continued online. And then recently, a few months back, you know, we started up again in person. Um, and I, I, I don't know, I feel like with all that I've received, with all that, all, and I'm grateful for all of that, and with all that I've learned, if there's anything I can do possibly to help anyone else on this very difficult journey, then I, I'm happy to do that. Um, the other thing I do is I volunteer to do is called Caring Listener, and it's not therapy. It's just a mom talking to another mom and a, who's been there. So uh, um, I'm available. There's a list of us. And, you know, if someone just is really, really needs to talk to someone else, um, they can just call and they have. And I've just, you know, listened mainly. Just listen. That's yeah. so wonderful to hear. Yeah. So um, I think the final question I always like to ask is, what type of advice would you give to anyone, I guess we'll say particularly a, a parent, but um, who's experienced this type of a sudden loss of a child, um, who's feeling really dark and uh, at the beginning of their journey? What would you say? I would say that as I know that it feels like there's no way to live again, to try to hold on to the possibility that you might be able to survive this. And I hope that they might be able to reach out to speak to someone, anyone, um, whether it's a therapist or somebody else who's been there, um, th that was very helpful to me. So I believe it. Can, I believe it's helpful. I believe we do need to help each other and support each other uh, in that way. I would say, just honor your grief. Let it be whatever it is. Allow it out, and um, know that it. You can. You know, I say the word heal, and to be honest, you know, I, I, I know that healing is a lifelong process. So mm -hmm. I'm not saying that you'll ever say one day, well, I'm done. Okay, I healed. That's, you know, it's not going to be like that, but it will evolve. It will get better. And um, mainly, if you choose or intend to heal, I firmly believe that you will. Because it's just that intention that allows you to let it in when it can come. Let in that healing. <clears throat> Great. Is there anything else that I didn't ask or that you'd like to share? Um, I, you know, to be honest, I, I just, um, I, it's a, such a hard journey. And, you know, life, let's face it, is difficult, but I, uh, my thing is that it's, you know, and why are we here? I think we're just here to help each other. I think we are here to reach out a hand, to support each other, to listen, um, not judge, 
And just um, if we are doing that, I think that's kind of why we're here. <laughs> and it sounds very simple, but um, I think that is how we make it through uh, the struggles, you know, and keep in mind all of the wonderful things as well. Wow, thank you. And sometimes it's the most simple that's the most effective. And um, we will post a link to your book in the podcast group and um, I should say the uh, Facebook group about the podcast. Um, you also recently had something in the Huffington Post and um, and if we can, we'll get a link to your group in LA. Um, you have been so public about your story and sharing what's happened and um, helping others, wanting to help others who've been through a similar situation and pain. And um, I thank you for that because so many people, after they've experienced a sudden loss, especially of a child and an older child, feel so isolated and alone. Mm -hmm. And to allow yourself to be vulnerable and to share your family's story, I think, um, helps so many others. So thank you so much for your time today. It's been such a pleasure to reconnect with you after all of these years. And um, I appreciate being able to have a conversation. So thank you. Thank you so much as well. Um, I'm so glad we could do this. As Dolores mentioned, we worked together during the early parts of her grieving process, and she's given me permission to talk about this as well. I remember that despite her overwhelming pain and the pain that she and her entire family experienced, she was so open to learning everything she could about her grief and grief in general. She used journal. She used journaling as one of her main coping mechanisms to work through her grief experiences, her feelings, and her dreams about Eric. She also sought out people who knew or who were associated with her son and was determined to remain connected to him, even in his death. Dolores's healing has also been greatly facilitated by her desire and her commitment to help others who are living with similar pain and losses. You can find out more about Dolores by visiting her website at DoloresLookAround.com or by her blog at DoloresLookAroundND.blogspot.com. If you want an opportunity to connect with Dolores yourself, we now have launched a brand new Facebook group called Talking About the Podcast Untethered with Dr. Levin. I'm so excited about this group because it provides our podcast listeners and our podcast guests an opportunity to interact with one another. For this week's episode, you will be able to find out information about Dolores's book, her blog, and her latest article in the Huffington Post that was recently published. For more information about our Facebook group, you can go to the show notes. Stay tuned for my next podcast episode on Wednesday, November 9th. In this episode, I will be interviewing Mark Davidson. Mark's father was killed in his home on the island of Belize. 
He will share his story, his grief struggles, and the changes he has made in his life to move towards healing after his father's sudden death. Thank you so much for joining today's episode of Untethered, Healing the Pain After a Sudden Death. For help with a sudden death and unexpected loss, please sign up for my free mini course where I will teach you about the three truths about living with a sudden and unexpected loss. Please go to my website, www.fromgrieftogrowth.com to sign up. Bye for now. Thank you for listening today. Be sure to subscribe to my podcast so you never miss an episode. For help with a sudden and unexpected loss, sign up for my free mini course where I will teach you the three truths about living with a sudden and unexpected loss. Please visit www.fromgrieftogrowth.com to sign up.